Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of TOJ Live. I am one of your hosts, Stephen Russo. Doing something a little different today uh, for the start of this season and uh, hopefully continuing throughout the season. I'll be doing a a solo show once a week, kind of taking my article that I would write for Badlands called First and Ten and just putting that in pod form. Um, Hopefully it's a good idea and hopefully you guys enjoy it. Basically, the First and Ten article was like my one big overarching thought on the game, followed by 10 more or less quick hitters uh, and a look ahead to the next week's game. But um, yeah, not... uh, didn't want to start off on this note, and I gotta, I gotta be honest. I uh, yeah, this one is a tough one to swallow, and I'm devastated. And even talking with my wife, it, uh, you know, it sounds stupid when you say it out loud, but I mean, the, the, the Jets for for all of us, and I know that we're all diehard fans, just like I am. This was a a tough pill to swallow, and to have an off season like we had, and to finally feel like this could be a legit run to have hard knocks and the love affair with Aaron Rodgers and him coming here and everything kind of teeing up in the exact right way to have it all fall apart after four snaps with the jets. It just seems unreal and it seems unfair and you question your fandom and you, you question why it matters so much. And it's, it's really difficult. It's, it's difficult to accept And it's difficult to understand why this continuously happens to us. I mean, this is a guy that has played, this is his 19th season in the league. He's, he started really 15 seasons and, you know, played 15 or more games in 13 of those seasons. The other two, he played nine and seven and he takes four snaps uh, for the Jets at MetLife before going down for the season. And it's, you're just heartbroken. And, it's, you know, I don't think it's crazy to say that Jets fans, I know I feel depressed. I feel devastated. Um, the game itself was a, was a roller coaster and it's crazy because you, you come out with a win, yet you still feel this way. Like you were just kicked uh, as hard as you can or as hard as someone could, uh, in the, you know, what's it's, 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 it's really hard to wrap your head around and it really makes you feel like there's just a black cloud over this organization, over being a Jets fan, you just, you really feel like you can't have nice things. And that is an extreme tough pill to swallow. Um, I equate this and I'll talk a little bit more about it. Obviously, this is my overarching thought, but, you know, I, um, I equate this to 99. Um, and it's eerily similar, you know, a team that comes in with, uh, with high hopes, uh, of, su- you know, Super Bowl aspirations. They put pieces around a quarterback, Vinny Testaverde, who they had high hopes for. And, you know, everything kind of, uh, was, was funneling that way, preseason predictions for the Super Bowl, you know, for the, for the team. And Vinny Testaverde in the second quarter goes down with an Achilles. Now, this obviously happened on a day where Vinny Testaverde was an honorary captain for the coin toss and shades of 99 kind of come back. And what's funny about that is as a 13 year old kid, I remember watching, the 1998 highlight video on VHS. I'm really dating myself here, but on VHS, I watched that video countless times. And I remember there was one quote uh, when the Jets got the six and three from Bill Parcells, who said, you know, Pat Riley says it best. There's winning and there's misery. 
And right now, I think every Jets fan feels both of those things at the same time, which is a very weird feeling. Um, and it's, you're just unsure because the game was electric. It had everything. It was, it was fun. And the Jets come away with a W and you feel good, but you just know that that gut punch was going to come today. And certainly it did about an hour ago with the breaking news that, you know, it was what we all expected that Aaron Rodgers is officially done for the season and that it was a ruptured Achilles. And, uh, where do we go from here? And that's, that's the biggest question, but that's my, uh, the first and the, uh, the most, you know, the, the biggest overarching thought there. As we work into the and 10 part of this, uh, again, these are my 10 quick hitters. So one, I will say, give the coaching staff all the credit in the world. Give Robert Sala, Jeff Ulbrich, and and Martini Nate all the, the credit that they deserve because keeping this team together and positive when they could have folded like a cheap lawn chair last night uh, to pull out a victory against a good Bills team. Like, let's not discredit the Bills at all. Like, Josh Allen had an off game, but that was – to the Jets' credit and Ulbrich's credit and Salah's credit and the defense of what they did, but to hang in there uh, with Zach Wilson clearly thrown into the fire, uh, to come out with a W at home on Monday night on 9-11, down 10 after the first half in overtime, all those things that were stacked against them, to come out with a W is a huge, huge, huge credit to this coaching staff and and, and what they did and the, the team that they've built in the locker room they've assembled and they deserve uh, all the credit in the world. That is, I, I can't imagine how hard that is, um, but they deserve the credit that they, they should get here for, uh, for keeping that team together. Number two, um, Brees Hall is an absolute alien going 10 carries for 127 yards coming back from an ACL. What? 10 months ago, 11 months ago, just insane. The combination of him and Dalvin cook is going to have to be what carries this team moving forward. It's going to be shades of 2009. We'll get into what they do at quarterback later, but you're going to have to protect this QB and protect this offense with the running game. Um, and Brees Hall is absolutely amazing. Just a stud. Uh, and Dalvin Cook, I think, ran very, very well uh, as well last night. So um, let's continue to kind of run those horses uh, throughout the course of the next 16 games because they're absolutely going to need it. Number three, I thought Quincy Williams played absolutely out of his mind last night. I thought he had an incredible game. I know for me, that was a big question mark coming into the 2023 season was really the, that linebacking core and how they were going to hold up because I thought at the end of the of the 22 season, the last six games specifically, teams attacked the middle of the field and um, – seeing how the linebacking core was going to shake out this year would be a big key to the defensive success. I thought CJ Mosley had a good game, but I thought Quincy Williams played absolutely out of his mind. Um, the one hit on third down to, to knock James Cook back uh, a yard or two and to save a first down by about two yards, I thought was key. And I thought he just played very well. I also think of the wheel route that James Cook ran um, early on in the game that Quincy Williams defended uh, incredibly. He just played very, very well. And, and it's, that's one that I think every Jets fan kind of questioned when they, when they made that move uh, to bring him from Jacksonville. Uh, I think he was cut by Jacksonville and not many of us saw the potential there, but that is one that they have absolutely turned around. So credit to Quincy Williams, credit to that coaching staff. Number four, uh, the Jets defense is absolutely legit. They did not have their best game by any stretch. I didn't think Sauce was was that great, even though I thought he played well. And it's crazy that you're saying that about a second-year guy. Um, but, you know, I thought the line could have played better. I thought they they broke contain a couple of times. Um, I'm sure you'll hear it from TOJ's own uh, Dan Esian on that. But 
I thought that overall the defense holding Buffalo to 16 points, and Buffalo's a good offense, holding them to 16 points on a night like last night and forcing four Josh Allen turnovers is uh, nothing short of amazing. So the fact that they were able to do that, this defensive line is incredible. It's going to carry them. The secondary looks improved. Jordan Whitehead with an absolutely amazing game. But I think this defense could legitimately be a candidate for the number one overall defense in the league. And I think only more good things to come of this. The one caveat to watch out for really is is what the Jets offense looks like. I know that was a big thing heading into the season. I know that. Um you know, last year, again, those last six games, offenses were able to key uh, on certain areas of the Jets defense and kind of dink and dunk to death because they knew that the Jets offense wasn't going to produce. We thought that Aaron Rodgers would obviously fix that part of the equation, and clearly now that's uh, that's out. So how the Jets offense responds and how they can carry, but it's it's one of those things where I think if the Jets offense can muster 20 points, I mean, we are going to win way more games than not because I think this defense is that good. Next, number five, Garrett Wolf is an absolute stud the catch he made in the end zone was a top five catch for me that i've ever seen in my 37 years of fandom uh probably the best catch i've seen as a jet you know from a jet uh as a jets fan uh shades of you know i I think maybe the best catch was probably the santonio in the back of the left corner of the end zone uh, against new england in the playoffs but that gary wilson catch was absolutely ridiculous he is an absolute stud i feel for him too because he was primed for a huge year with aaron Rodgers. so Whatever they can do in the passing game to force feed him the ball, they need to do it because he's just next level good. Um, and as I talked about Brees Hall before, but ultimately that 2022 draft class just looks, um, monstrous. It's, it's amazing with sauce, uh, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, who played well last night and had a sack. And then you, you tack on Brees Hall and Rucker in the, in the running game who looked really good last night as a blocker. So that 22 class is insane. Brees Hall is a stud. Garrett Wilson is a star. It's, um, it's really kudos to, to GW. I think he's just next level good. And hopefully, uh, whatever happens at quarterback, the Jets can find a way to get him his touches and get him the ball. Cause he is a, he's a game breaker and an absolute, uh, an absolute star there at wide receiver. Um, what I would say is that the, Number, I'm sorry, I'm going to move along. Number seven, good for Xavier Gibson. Um, what a story this, uh, I'm sorry, this is number six. Good for Xavier Gibson. Incredible story. Uh, obviously we followed it through hard knocks. Um, I think good on the Jets for making good on this and truly kind of recognizing what they had to do and how the roster gymnastics and the cap space and all that stuff could shake out, but getting this guy in, um, to contribute on special teams and then him making the play in the game ceiling play there, uh, having that punt return for a touchdown, just incredible. And you feel really good for a guy like that, that really truly worked his tail off. It was getting um, so much praise from the coaching staff, from Aaron Rodgers, from the other wide receivers, the veteran wide receivers in the room, just good overall for Xavier Gibson. Um, and, and what an electric return that was. And, for a side note, uh, let's say I'll, I'll say six A here. Miss me with the uh, that was a trip. Uh, come on, like that's ticky tack. Like you could go either way there. I'll just forget about all the other calls that they missed on on Buffalo there. Like just stop with that, okay? It was a great return, game over. Like even if they call that, the Jets are still kicking a field goal to win it. So I don't want to hear any of that. Uh, number seven, 
I'm not sure, and I got to watch the game back again, but I didn't see much of Miko Hartman, and that's kind of alarming. Now, I know the Jets probably had a game plan that got shifted once Rodgers went down. They were very run heavy. They were running uh, three tight end sets with one receiver, so I'm sure the opportunity to get him in um, you know, was limited. However, I would like to see him, and I hope that they involve him in the game plan more moving forward because I do think as that quote-unquote gadget guy, you could have him in the offense that just is a way to – uh, mix up the defense a little bit, stretch the field a little bit, you know, get, get them going on some jet sweeps, stuff like that, smoke screens, anything. But I think he's just kind of the that electric playmaker that you really want to see. Um, so mixing him in, I was a little shocked that even though the game plan was probably thrown off by the Rodgers injury, I, I'm a little surprised that he wasn't included more in the game plan. Uh, number eight, I think the O-line held up pretty well. I think the concerns that we had coming into this season were valid. I think that there's some stuff going around with the Rogers injury and the cut blocks and, you know, he was supposed to get rid of it quick. And now there's reports from Diana Rossini that he was not a fan of those, uh, those, you know, quick hitting plays with the cut blocks and they wanted to, you know, nix him out of the, uh, out of the offense. I'd be careful and be mindful of that. Uh, we know that Rogers wasn't a big fan of Diana Rossini to begin with. So I really, I wouldn't put, put too much stock into that stuff, but overall, I think, the O-line, despite their early struggles, because you saw, you know, they, they started with a Brees Hall 26-yard run to start the game, then went pass, 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 and ultimately Rodgers got hurt. While I question that, you know, it seemed like that quick hitter on the play that Rodgers did get hurt on was open to Garrett Wilson, but you can't blame the O-line too much here. I thought overall they ended up holding up pretty well. Um, they were collapsing on Zach a bit, but, you know, that happens to Zach. Uh, I thought they ran well on the right side behind ABT and Becton. I'd like to see that more. Um, but I think this group being together uh, more and more is going to get more comfortable as long as they remain healthy. The one scary part is I didn't think Dwayne Brown looked that great. Now could be knocking off some rust. He's 38, 39 years old, whatever he is. Really didn't see any game action, saw minimal camp action uh, throughout the summer. So it'll be interesting to see. But how they protect the quarterback obviously is a big thing. We said that coming in. And, um, you know, that was uh, that was one miscue on uh, on Rogers part uh, and, and the O-line's part that it, it just it's unfortunate. So but overall, I thought the O-line held up OK. We hope to see improvement here because they they must protect the quarterback uh, and be able to run the ball. Obviously, if they're going to have any chance at, uh, at winning games moving forward. Uh, number nine here. Um, I, I mentioned, you know, shades of 99 and, and I'll, I'll kind of go in a little deeper on this. You know, obviously that 98 team was incredible. I think it exceeded expectations and they got to the AC championship with a, a real chance to win uh, and couldn't hold on. And there's no doubt in my mind that if they make it to the Super Bowl, they beat Atlanta without question in that 98, 99 season. So 99, Parcells recognized the opportunity. He went out, he made moves. He signed, uh, he signed guys like I remember he got a guy, Eric Green, a tight end from Baltimore. He signed him. He went out, he got Steve Atwater, a huge, uh, huge addition safety from Denver. He made and made the moves and added the pieces to strengthen that team to be able to make that Super Bowl run. And it all came crashing down in the second quarter of that first game. What he failed to do was realize that he didn't have any quarterback. They assigned Rick Meyer prior, um, the weird rule where they had the, the emergency quarterback and all that. So they played Tom Tupa in that game, who actually threw two touchdowns, uh, insanely to Keyshawn Johnson. Um, but then ultimately they moved to Rick Meyer and he just wasn't it. They went two and four or two and five with him. 
uh, before ultimately Parcells decided to go with Ray Lucas. Started before a Colts game, and that Colts game was that Colts team was very good that year. That was Peyton Manning's second year. They ended up going thirteen and three. Um, but Ray Lucas played the, that Indianapolis game tough. And I think they lost it like 16, 13 or 13, 10, uh, whatever it was. But what it showed was that Ray Lucas was, um, a manageable, uh, you know, a, a, a game manager and a pretty decent quarterback and built right for that team because that team with Ray Lucas ended up going six and two down the stretch. So my long winding point here is that I hope that this coaching staff is smarter and they realize either what they have or what they don't in Zach Wilson and make a move quickly. If Zach's the guy and if he proves to be the guy, then great. But if he's not, you have got to pull the trigger more. You have got to pull the trigger quicker than what Parcells did in 99. You have to learn from things like that, because if Zach isn't it, this team is way too talented to waste on Zach Wilson being a project or not completely having it or not being able to throw the ball downfield. You need to get a guy uh, that can come in here and at least make some moves and do things that will threaten the defense and not have it be, you know, equated to the last six games of last year. So number 10, I'll move along. So the outlook for the rest of the year, you know, Zach Wilson, I give credit to him because he looked commendable last night. He did a nice job. That's an impossible spot to come in at. You know, shades of regular Zach Wilson, right? He comes in, he's, you know, mediocre. He's uh has his one pick in the middle of the field, but he has his one or two drives that look really good. Um, throws the touchdown pass, you know, still one turnover, but played safe ball. But I, overall, I thought his feet looked better. Um, he looked more poised in the pocket. He didn't take the chances that, you know, he usually does. I thought he did one where he, he scrambled out right and then threw back across his body left where it almost got picked, but it was incomplete. So those are things he's got to, he's, he has to learn and pick up on. However, um, I thought his feet looked better and I thought he didn't really have the yips. Like he hit a couple of the screen passes, which was good. Um, that's improvement over last year. There were definite signs of progression, small, but signs of progression. So you see it there. However, I still think the Jets would be doing themselves a disservice if they don't scour the market and add a veteran that can come in and compete for a starting spot. Salah's doing the right thing. He's saying Zach Wilson's his guy for the rest of the way. That can't be true. Joe Douglas has to go and get somebody. Some of the names to watch out for, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, Taylor Heineke, Gardner Minshew. Is Sam Darnold the possibility? I don't know. I wouldn't be totally opposed to it. Uh, but you have to find a guy that can come in and compete. Some of the other names, you know, you think about is Kirk Cousins, you know, potentially an option out of Minnesota. Like, you know, his, I think his deal's up after this year. Is Stafford an option? I find that one a little harder to believe. I think he's got a huge cap hit and, you know, they just, they whooped up on Seattle, uh, in Seattle for, for an opener. So I don't know why they would look to deal with Matt Stafford, but you gotta scour the market. You gotta find someone that can come in and compete because this team is just way too talented and, and way too good on both sides of the ball to waste it on another, you know, let's wait and see uh, approach with Zach Wilson this year. Um, one name that really intrigues me that I just, you know, two names, really. I like the idea of Jameis Winston. I mean, he throws picks, but man, he can push the ball down the field. And with this offense and these weapons, I don't think he's ever had uh, anything like that um, with him at quarterback. Um, and Taylor Heineke, I think he's done. He did good things with Washington. Um, I think, you know, 
he would have a more talented and a better team. I think he learned a lot in his time in Washington. He would be a good addition here. Uh, another name to watch is Marcus Mariota, who, you know, he was okay in Atlanta last year, but he's always had the tools. But I think he could be that game manager type. He can move the ball with his legs. He's probably learned a lot throughout his career. I know Jets fans, we were kind of hoping for him back in 2014, 2015, whenever he was drafted. So maybe they get the chance again. But I don't think you stand pat with with Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle. I think you have to bring in a veteran and someone with a real chance and, and a threat to uh, to take Zach Wilson's starting job or be there to pick it up if Zach Wilson just outright loses it. So that's my first and 10. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, be on the lookout for uh, some more stuff coming from TOJ from Badlands. I know I'll have an article as well up on Badlands. Steven Zant's also going to write an article on, on Badlands that'll be available later this week. Steven and I'll be back in the booth either tomorrow night or Thursday night. We may give ourselves some time to uh, recuperate from this loss. Or I'm just, <laughs> See, I'm talking like it's a loss, but recuperate from the Aaron Rodgers loss and this game. Um, but overall, appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. Uh, don't forget, subscribe to Badlands, subscribe to TOJ, uh, TOJ Live, um, subscribe, rate, review, Apple, Amazon, Spotify. Appreciate you guys. Hopefully the week gets better for us. Uh, I know that was a, as, as tough of a victory Tuesday as any of us will probably ever have, but appreciate you all and we will see you next time.